This is Distinct Nostalgia by MIM, the Enthusiasts Podcast. Hello, I'm Peter Tomlinson, and a very warm welcome to you all. Many years ago, I was part of the fixtures and fittings at that great ITV company, and I mean that too, ATV, run by the larger-than-life media mogul Lou Grade. I was one of the main continuity announcers in the 70s, introduced programmes in vision on ATV in the Midlands region. And what a region it was, too. A real hotbed of creativity with studios in Birmingham and, of course, in Elstree. And one of the programmes made there was children's lunchtime favourite, Pipkins. Do you remember that? It lasted for nine years and probably would have carried on for longer if it wasn't for ATV losing its franchise in the early 80s. Well, the characters live on in the memory of 70s kids everywhere, so our series on children's daytime telly couldn't be complete without a Pipkins reunion. Here's MIM's Ashley Byrne with some of the key players. Have fun. I'm Gail Renard, and I was one of the main writers from Pipkins. I wrote probably close to 100 episodes, and uh, I've done a lot of children's television series and also comedy series, and I've written plays, and also I wrote a book about my teenage friendship with John Lennon called Give Me a Chance. I'm Jonathan Kidd, um, actor, musician, voiceover, writer, filmmaker. Uh, I do all these things, all on my website, jonathankidd.com, if you fancy having a look at that. This is a publicity moment for me um no i i I, um i don't act as much as i did but i've made a couple of short films done quite well and uh and i voice an enormous amount i'm a serial voiceover and i'm nigel plaskett i was uh a puppeteer on pipkins i started out as an actor became a puppeteer and since then i've worked on um spitting image a lot of jim henson company programs films muppet christmas carol muppet treasure island labyrinth the muppets most wanted and various other movies a lot of children's uh, programs too and i also um monkey for the pg tips Fabulous, fabulous. Excellent. I didn't know you did that. <laughs> I do. Oh, there you go. You. There you go. Um, I forgot to say that my mentioning that that, that uh, I was also in Pipkins. Yeah, I played Tom, Tom in Pipkins. Now, for me, this is a is an honour really to meet you all because I am a child of the seventies. I was born in nineteen seventy two. I know that Pipkins started in seventy three. I think it was. Um, so I remember it certainly from about seventy six, seventy seven onwards. It was. It was. You know, the basis of my day really was watching Rainbow and Pipkins and Hickory House and various things like that around. That was with around. Inigo, wasn't it? Absolutely, Inigo was. Did you work originally. with Inigo? No, I did. Yeah, because I was in it from the beginning. Of course um, you were. You were. And uh, <laughs> Inigo, Inigo Pipkin was George Woodbridge, who was the uh, everybody's favourite innkeeper from the Hammer horror films, and uh, lovely, lovely man. Yeah, he was yeah. a really lovely man, and sadly he died halfway through the second series, and so we had to find a way of um, of telling the children what had happened so there was a lot of he'd gone fishing for some of it because we recorded the thing out of sequence fishing in the sky the fishing oh, that's in the terrible sky. whenever kids now grow up hearing he's gone fishing yes, they're gonna go right. yeah, he's gone fishing <laughs> yeah that's true it's true so anyway in the end we decided at the beginning of the third series that we would uh, say that he had died and then deal with the subject of death in this program and it was the first time uh, even before the american show that famously talks about it i can't remember the, which one it was now um yeah, it was the first time it had been discussed on a preschool children's program and we did it and and it was so successful that we did it again about three years later with a goldfish amazing amazing was i in that one uh, no 
We, I think it was talked about that that would be the way you'd go too when the time came. <laughs> so anyway, well, went to the circus. That's how I was got rid of, wasn't it? Yeah, That's right. right. Yeah. He went to the circus. Yeah, to the oh, circus. Yeah. He went fishing in the circus. Yeah. I wrote that one. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a wonderful exit for you. Thank you, very much. Thank you. you so think, let's. Yeah. Anybody who's listening to this, we, we've got round the table here, Nigel Plaskett, who was the the voice of uh, the god of Pipkins, really, which was Hartley Hare. Yes, I was Hartley Hare. Well, you were also the tortoise as yes, well. I was the tortoise. And what, Uncle Hare. And you were the narrator as I well. I was the narrator, narrator too. Narrator as so. well. So you, you, you will talk a bit more about that in a moment. We've also got Jonathan Kidd here, who was one of the presenters. There was a series of presenters over several years. The first one was, was Wayne, L- Wayne Laurie. Wayne Laurie. Laurie. <laughs> and, 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 and crucially, round the table, of course, we've got uh, one of the writers, which is Gail Renard. Were you there from the very beginning, Gail? No, I came a couple of years in. I was after Indigo Pipkins, uh, but... But before the goldfish. <laughs> but you wrote an incredibly yes. m- big number of programs. People forget how many there were. I mean, you know, today the TV series are commissioned, and it, you know, if it's a comedy series, it's six episodes. Even a children's series wouldn't be that many, probably. But, but you know, how many episodes of Pipkins were there all together? Thirty-six new ones a year. Yeah, well, I don't know, but I, we did three hundred and thirty-three in total. I, so I was told. And you anyway. did what a third of those or more? Yeah, I'd, I'd say just below a hundred. Yeah. How do you keep coming up with ideas for a programme like Pipkins? Well, the characters were all great. So you just have various permutations. Mm. And when you have fantastic actors... When did uh, they come in? Must have been, <laughs> it, well, it would have been nice. Uh, no, when you have great actors. So, no, it's it's lovely because it just evolves. But there was a very good um, uh, guest star regime as well involved. Yes. You've, got, you've got really good actors coming in to do to do little, we little did. parts, little vignettes mm-hmm. in it. Yes, we had Royce Mills, we had... Um, Sue Nichols. Sue Nichols. Audrey from Coronation Street, yes. Yes, yeah. she is. And, and who she, was, the, it was the young lady who was at the RSC at the Janet time? Janet Dale. Janet Dale, yeah, was Janet a really Dale. fantastic actress. She was granny, yeah. yes. Yeah, she um, ahead of her years, yes. advance of her years. <laughs> she was about 20, <laughs> 25. 25. Yeah, yeah. Right. If I make an analogy for another TV series that I used to watch as a kid, which was Charlie's Angels, and they changed all the time, different, different angels altered and, and all the rest of it, and there was only one, really, that stayed throughout that, which was... The one called it was Kelly by Jacqueline Smith. Nigel, you're sort of the Jacqueline, the Jacqueline Smith, Smith of the, yes, of the trio here today. You were there right at the very beginning of, of Pipkins. Yes, I was. Tell us where it came from. Why did we get Pipkins? Because we got Pipkins, we got Hickory House, we got Rainbow, and we got something called Mr. Trimble all around the same time. Why did it happen? Well, at the time, there was very little, if none, if, if none at all, daytime TV. So uh, they were looking to put stuff on in the daytime. Also, because Sesame Street had happened in the States uh, some three or four years, I think, beforehand, uh, the IBA, who were in control of the independent network at the time, decided that they would have something uh, for a preschool audience that would be have a similar kind of feel to Sesame Street. Not the same, completely different in terms of, of the content and so forth. So it was really Sesame Street that actually stimulated the, the uh, burst of these programmes on the air, plus the fact that they wanted things to go on during the day. It used to just show the test card or... Mm. Um, um, Potter's Wheel. The, yeah. <laughs> various, <laughs> various films about uh, Belgium, I think. Well, yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. And also masses of um, car races. There was always one that came on with very stirring music yes. I remember watching yes. over and over again. Well, for, for me, it was the ITV side of things. BBC was a mixture of all sorts of things. You know, you had the You and Me and all that kind of children's things like that. But for me, ITV, as a, as a child of the 70s, it was... It 
it was it felt less patronising. Programs like Pipkins were intelligent, weren't they? Oh, you know, bless you. But it was hugely educational. Yeah. Jonathan, give them a fiver. <laughs> I think so. I have already. Uh, but I was just going to say educational because ITV, part of their franchise was they had a commitment to children's and educational. Mm. So they each one of the ITV regions, ATV, Granada, Yorkshire, uh, Thames, had to provide children's and education. Mm. And that's what's missing today. <laughs> because yes. those shows, as you said, are very important to child and childhood because a child has to see themselves reflected yes. and their own identity and their own nationality. And yeah. all the characters were hugely delineated, weren't they? Each had specific. I remember Topoff mm. was always a very shy, shy little monkey mm. who mm. was um, uh, had difficulty at, um, at assert, within asserting himself. That was his role. Yeah. And Tortoise was kind of the financial wizard and the element of advice. He'd, yeah, he'd always, he'd always, exactly the agent. <laughs> he'd always, always be, be practice caution with Tortoise. Yes. The, the great Tortoise line was, uh, oh, no, I've got a touch of the spooky dillos, <laughs> which is when he was scared, which I even quote now to my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so what, so what, you, you mentioned that it all sprang because it was, an answer, it was a sort of a reaction to Sesame Street. In yes. So was the basis that these programmes, these four programmes that uh, burst onto the network in the early 70s, had to have puppets as part of them? Was no. That part of it? No, I don't think that was uh, necessarily a part of the brief. I don't know, but I don't think no, so. No, it was just educational yeah. and education. children. Yeah, yeah. and I just think Sesame that... Sesame Street as a template. Yeah, I think so. Street. I think they looked at Sesame Street and saw there were puppets in there, so they, everybody kind of naturally went that way. Okay. Uh, where I think Pipkins was different from the other three and probably most other programmes, for children of preschool age at that time and probably since I have to say is that we were presenting pieces of drama for children mm. at that age you know small pieces of drama uh, and I don't think I can think of anything else that has ever done that really. so staying with you as the um, Kelly of, uh, of yes. Pipkins, Jacqueline Smith of, you got the dress in the bag <laughs> call me Jacqueline <laughs> it was that era wasn't it big hairdos and all this. What, not for um, me not for me <laughs> what um, you talked about Indigo Pipkin what, what was Pipkin supposed to be initially well, uh, physically, it was supposed to be uh, that Mr. Pipkin was a puppet maker. He'd make puppets out of various bits and pieces. You know, Hartley was made out of an old cardigan. Um, and yes, <laughs> and, and Pig was made out of a bath sponge. And, you know, all that, those sort of things. They were supposed to be have that feel. And when people say to me, oh, well, they look so grungy. Well, yes, they were designed that way, yes. actually. We, we didn't do... They weren't grungy because they were made cheap or anything. Mm. They, were, they were just made that way. So to made to look as if they had been... Uh, reused things. And the advantage was you could hang Hartley up in a wardrobe. You could. It, it, it made no difference. <laughs> <No. laughs> did we ever right. see them being made at the beginning? beginning? Uh, well, I think one or two of them you did. Really? I can't yeah. really remember that, but I think I think mm. Hartley was there from the beginning, mm. but I have a feeling that, that Pig didn't come in till two or three episodes in. Right, okay. Uh, there was a doctor at the beginning, which was a string marionette. Really? He, yeah. Uh, he, I was he called Doctor that. what? Oh, Doctor. Just doctor. Just doctor, doctor, doctor. <laughs> yes. So the whole idea was that it was a puppet. It was a puppet maker, and yes. you had these very scraggy-looking puppets that, but all had great, great characters about them. How created by you... Nigel. The characters created <coughs> by Nigel. They're all created by you. Different voices. Yeah. Right. Different voices. characters. Well, Nigel voices, made but... them come alive. You can right. write well, a character of a hair or whatever, but Nigel's always been so incredible right, yeah, that yeah. it lifts it and comedic, into something. Okay. Really, really, yes. really but sharp, who, sharply who decided, tuned comedic Who characters? decided initially there should be Hartley hair, there should be top-offs, well, there should that be... Was Mike Jeans and Sue Pleat, who, who uh, created the series yeah. together. They put together the characters. They gave me a very brief description, and he said, can you do a character voice for this character? And I said, oh, yeah. And they said, fine, good. Okay, see you in a week's time. He didn't say, can you do it now? I didn't do any audition or anything. He just said, can you do it? And I said, yes, it was <laughs> Great faith. It was, yes. And Anyway, so I came in and I, I don't even remember actually thinking about Hartley's voice. I just did it on the first read-through that we did. Really? 
uh, and it came to me like that. But it's um, one of the four voices you could do, though, wasn't it? Was, it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, ever since, ever too. Since, yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. only got six voices. I think. Can I fit that one in Harley, there? Hartley put hairs on the map, didn't he? Because not did. many people really talked about and hairs, now, if really. you look in the shops, if you look in every, every gift shop I go into, there's a hair. Yeah, and I wonder if, if all those forty-somethings who are making these crafty hairs now. I wonder if that was the stimulation. Yeah. I, mean, I bet really that's popular? the only. I bet that's the only hair most people have actually had any connection with. It probably really. is. Yeah, it probably is. <laughs> most people, rabbits, yes, yes. But not, not yeah. so much hairs. Absolutely. But the, the, the premise of the show was real life. Mm. This is life. This is what happens to you in real life. This is how you deal with situations. It wasn't teaching you ABC, although there was a certain amount. But it really was teaching you about life and how you react to other people, like death. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. it was, it was about exactly. relationships because Jonathan yeah. was saying about Topoff. Topoff represented the small child. Yeah. Uh, I was also going to say he was our resident idiot. That <laughs> you know, because you got to explain things to Topoff, uh, which was great because it let you you know as you would explain things to a small child. Well, but as an actor, I I just spoke very. It was very real for me. Yeah. In fact, you, there's still I put little bits of clips of me up on on YouTube. Sorry, I didn't mean to that as a self-publicity again. Right. But um, <laughs> I'm very, very real dealing with with the the puppets. That was yeah. always my big yeah. thing. In fact, I got weirdly got told off by the casting director of the very first one I'd done for not being big enough, for not being large enough. But I find it very difficult to be large when you're dealing with themes that mm. were ab- absolutely yeah. realistic. Well, I was gonna, I was going to ask you, Jonathan. You know, you came into the program seventy nine. So I think, the program seventy nine. So the programme had already been established. Yeah, you yeah. already had presenter yeah, there yeah, and all that yeah. But these characters, which were, in effect, larger than life anyway, and in many ways were, were the programme. Indeed, you know, indeed. was the programme, really, indeed. in that sense. You're coming into a, a world that's already understood. Everyone knows well, each other. I, I watched you? some previous episodes, and I, I felt that they were a bit too large for me. And I remember, I, and I, I deliberately spoke to, like spoke to, you were saying, to top off, as if I was saying, come on, you know, what's the problem? I mean, you had to... Had to Ignore the fact you're actually speaking to somebody's arm, but, uh, <laughs> but you you were. Uh, but there were the scripts were so were dealing with real issues mm. all the time. Mm. And you might then burst into song, but that's that's part of the premise. You know? Absolutely. But the, but, the, but I've heard other people talk about this. But the people you know the, um, the the people linked to the Muppet Show have talked about Kermit and Miss Piggy. You know, once those characters come to life, they do come to life, don't they? In the sense of what I mean is, you have to treat them as individuals as those characters indeed indeed and hartley i mean hartley especially has always been very real to me uh you know if i go around nigel's i always you know i see hartley but to say hello to hartley (laughs) because (laughs) i don't wear the ears though (laughs) (laughs) it would be rude not to yeah Uh, you know hi hartley how are you we'll do lunch sometime (laughs) (laughs) so let's talk a little bit about hartley lots of people talk when i said to somebody today we're we're bringing together some of the old pipkins team today and i mentioned hartley hair it was one friend said to me oh i loved hartley he was fantastic dear old hartley Somebody else said, oh, the stuff of nightmares. Terrified. <laughs> I was behind the sofa. Yeah, I've had it all, don't I? <laughs> but he was, a, as I said before, Pipkins was very, in many ways, was very adult. In, it didn't talk down to kids. No, it, it talked no. on the, you know. Not at all, absolutely. Absolutely. You yeah. would, you would, that was you, the appeal. And absolutely. And he, but, and he was quite sarcastic, wasn't he? Oh. It could be, yeah. But he, and whatever he did, he always got his comeuppance. And he always, there was always a resolution. At in the, the 15-minute program, there was always a resolution. Yes, the so something was solved. Yes. You yeah. always got that. Yes. And also, Hartley was a diva. 
Yes. You know, it wasn't, you know, we didn't have well-behaved characters all the time. I no. mean, Hartley was histrionic mm. and mm. all the better for it. Oh, well, he was always getting up to mischief, wasn't he? I've got a feeling that Hartley might be about to appear. Well, <laughs> we couldn't. We, he insisted on coming along, didn't you, Hartley? Yes, well, I'm here now, so shut up. <laughs> Everybody shut up. It's my turn. Sorry, sorry, Hartley. It's lovely to see you again. I Thank haven't you seen you for much. a bit. No. Do you uh, remember me? Uh, no, who are you? No, I didn't think you would. We worked together a few times. I remember you. It's Tom, isn't it? Oh, sweet. Yes, it's Tom. Oh, you're a dear Who chap. are you? <laughs> so, Hartley, nice yes, to hello. meet you. Can I, can, I, can I shake your paw? You can shake paw? my hand, yes. Is it a paw or well, a it's hand? it's a paw, really. It's I paw. call it a hand. <laughs> uh, I remember some of your little scenarios. Oh, yes. Um, going back. I remember, I remember you going to the dentist. Oh, yes, I went to the dentist once. And you weren't very one. happy about it, no, were you? No, I wasn't very really happy about it. I hated it. But, but Tortoise yes. uh, was, was sort of uh, wrapping you about the, cleaning your teeth and things. He said you must go to the yeah. dentist, didn't he? Yeah, I told him to go to the <laughs> dentist. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yes, he told me. He told me to go to uh, the what, what did you What did you think of um, Tortoise? What did I think of Tortoise? I tried not to think of Tortoise. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best thing, really, is not to think of him. Yeah, yeah, he never thought of me one little bit. He used <laughs> you... to step on me, actually. I thought of you, Tortoise. I was did always you? a friend of yours. Oh, really? I was always an admirer. Oh, well, there we go, then. Thank he... you. At least I got one popular. He was just was trying always... to get close to the money. I was. I was always rifling the till. Yeah, give me the money. <laughs> so, 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 yes. Hartley, yes. Um, you, you're, you're actually not as scraggy as I thought you were. No, actually. I'm very pretty, really, aren't I? <laughs> you had I a just... scrub, especially to come here. Considering, I... <laughs> considering I've travelled here in this bag. <laughs> <laughs> and I do, re- I do remember you being very vain. Oh, well, yes, I suppose I was. You used to, you used to, you used to look in the mirror a lot and look yes, at you. Yes, but it was all an act, you know. Oh, was it all an act? It was all in the script. Ah, yes. Okay. I didn't understand it all myself, frankly, <laughs> but I just did it. I said the words and I didn't trip over the you furniture. Did it for a long time as yes, well. Yes, I did. You? Yes, yeah, nine years. <laughs> nine years. What did yes. you? What did you make of these people that wrote the scripts? You know, well, these writers that, that, that put you through all that for nine years. Well, they're a necessary evil, you know. Mm. Yes, you can't do it without a script. I can't do it. I'm struggling now. <laughs> I made you what you are, Hartley. You did. You did. She wrote me what I am. I thought your improvisational... Improv- I can't even speak. Improvisational skills are very good, then. Well, thank you very much. And you were, you were the star of the show, weren't you? Hartley? Oh, well, I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> I mean, you had, you had, what did you make of Pig? What were oh, your feelings about Pig? Well, you know, it's a nece- again, another yeah, necessary... Yeah, that wasn't it, Hartley. How had, nice yes, to see you again. Yes. I, I had to have a foil, you know. <laughs> now, now, Pig... Yes. ...had... A Birmingham accent. He did. And of course, ATV was, um, you know, the big company supposedly oh, based in Birmingham. But actually, you did all this down the road in Elstree, didn't you? Yes, we did. We shot the whole thing in Elstree. But most people thought it was in Birmingham. Uh, yeah, well, they, <laughs> <laughs> when they saw Edgware Station, I think they would have known when we went on location to Edgware Underground Station. But um, no, uh, we all shot it all in Elstree. But I think we had a Birmingham pig because ATV was a. a Birmingham Company, a Midlands company. Absolutely. Now, now, Pig was voiced by Heather Tobias originally. Heather Tobias. Yes, lovely lady. Mm, and she's... she, she also did some of the other characters as well. Yes, yeah, she did Octavia, mm-hmm. and she did initially she did Top of. We also had Lorraine Bertarelli in that role. 
of the ice cream. Um, <laughs> and Liz. <laughs> and Liz Lindsay. Yes, Liz Lindsay was uh, a later version. And you got through a lot of presenters over the years, didn't you? Yes. Quite a few presenters. And, and also other people. So, Sue Nichols was in it from Coronation Street. Ah, well. the lovely Mrs. Madell. Yeah. And you, yes. you, and you, had, you had Wayne. Wayne, was Wayne there. Larrier, who's yeah. now a Marty Larrier. That's or right, he's a Marty Larrier. Yeah, that's right. Yes, And then we had um, someone called Jonathan Kidd. Who? who uh, John, uh, well, oh yes, what, whatever happened to him? <laughs> who was uh, Tom? And then we had someone else. And what did you make of Tom? <laughs> um, what did I make of Tom? I, I think Tom was my favourite. <laughs> yes, I like Tom. Oh, hardly. Tom. Can, I, can I have a kiss? You can. <laughs> <laughs> so we were saying, as Johnson, horrid as I always remember, we were saying just now about the fact that you had you came in and you got these. Is, is Hartley going? Is he going? Uh, I'm just going to say goodbye now. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to ask you, uh, oh, Hartley, very briefly. Yes, what, what, was, what was your relationship like with um, Nigel Plaskett? Well, you know, he always follows me around. Whenever I wake up, he's there. And when he's got his hand, I'm not telling you. <laughs> Hartley, I need to shake your hands and oh, say goodbye. Thank nice, you very much. nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Nice to see you later. Bye bye. Coming soon from Distinct Nostalgia, the Enthusiasts Podcast. We mark 35 years of hit BBC soap. EastEnders. Fan and actor Rani Singh presents a series of special interviews as she recalls her very own EastEnders roots. Hi, I'm Rani Singh. I played a character called Sophia Kareem in the soap. I ran a mini-mark called First Till Last and I had two kids and a husband and most of my time on screen was spent trying to get my husband to stay faithful. I'm really looking forward to catching up with old members of cast and current ones too. Hope you'll join me. Distinct Nostalgia, remembering the early years of EastEnders from the 19th of February. Subscribe to Distinct Nostalgia by MIM now from wherever you get your podcasts. So, so Jonathan, you you, yes. you came in, you, you these big, you know, these figures that have been around for a long time and to the kids who were watching them, they were huge figures, weren't they? They were huge characters. Well, I wasn't swayed by that. I wasn't uh, quelled. You weren't quelled by no, that? No, no. I yeah. just, you know, approached you just... it. In a professional, in a professional manner, way, yeah. and um, tried not to fall off the roster. Yeah, 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 but they, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, there was a period where we, we, everybody was hiding under furniture, and then we emulated what was going on with the Muppets, which was that they did everything on structures so that the puppeteers could just walk in uh, underneath. Six foot, yeah, they were all platforms. The dilemma was they frequently weren't linked together and there were gaps in them. So there are lots of shots later on of me having to stretch to close doors. That's very and, funny. And also <laughs> vaulting over certain, you move from yes. one side to the other. They'd only got a couple. I think what happened was, I remember being told the story that they were so good, the ones they built for Pipkins, that the Muppets nicked them. I think that's true. And yes. then we got left, because they were metal, and we got left with sort of certainly flimsy wooden ones yes. that always did that. So there's a lot of, in, in later programmes that I, I did, um, St- opening the door and then quivering as an actor <laughs> because you, this thing was moving with you. I was going to say, you know, because sometimes you had to do you do things on location. The dentist one was on location, wasn't yes, it? In terms the Royal of Free, yeah. when he was riding the the horse. Well, I wasn't in that one. Was I? No, 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 that wasn't me. A lot yeah. of we're talking about. I wasn't in seminal programs. We went to the toy museum in Bethnal Green. I don't we think did. you were in I that one. I wasn't in that no. one. No, was I remember being on hills. Was it quite difficult to do those those outside outside? It was tricky because for a start, technically. We're in the studio we always work with the monitor so we can see what we're doing uh, when you're outside with a film c- crew this is in the 70s there was yeah. no monitors in those days well, we were did, there's also glare wasn't there was glare yeah, there was the a lot of glare well, but yeah. also they were working on film course, and there was no uh, there was no link to a video in those days no. and also so, once Hartley became the star that he is today uh, <laughs> you couldn't do 
<laughs> is that you from the bag? Yeah. It is. You couldn't do it incognito because crowds would see they Hartley would. Yeah. and they'd come and stop the filming. Yeah. But there's something quite nice about doing it in studio because you have your own reality and you've created a reality and it's nicer to keep it within those walls yes. than go out into the real but world. I remember a little boy came up to me and saying, oh, I don't believe you, I don't believe who you are, who you are, you can't be you because you're, you're on my telly and you're only about two inches high <laughs> said, oh, that's very nice I know it's me I tried to explain rather pathetically no no it's a, it's a television and they shoot it with a camera and everybody lost interest and we wandered off <laughs> so, so did you I mean how many how many of these did you shoot sort of per week I mean did you, were you on like a bit of a conveyor belt two or? a week two a week yeah. two a week you could shoot and we'd have three days rehearsal and uh, one day shooting and we would shoot um, 30 minutes in that day. Right, OK. Which okay. is luxury, because there's no way you'd get that now. No, they didn't. No. Most of the other companies didn't have that. No. And we also shot, um, 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 you know, as they would shoot now a film, we would shoot scenes and then they would edit it afterwards. Oh, really? A lot of the other companies, I think, had to edit in the camera as they went. So yeah. Now, so. you must have had, I mean, as I mentioned, that Hartley was quite sarcastic. There was a lot. There was quite a lot of comedy in all the episodes, even though it was serious topics. It was, it was funny. You know, it made you laugh, didn't it? Oh. Well, um, that that yeah. was always something that I love doing because, and also you can, the juxtaposition of comedy and drama, and everybody likes to laugh. Yes. Uh, and kids get jokes quicker than adults do. Yes, absolutely. They will absolutely. laugh. Yeah. So did you find moments, Jonathan and Nigel, that you, you, you literally broke down? Um, you know, not crying, but laughing. No, Nigel never made me laugh ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I was a miserable sod all the way through it. Um, there, uh, but there, there was one moment with Wayne that came in. He came on uh, dressed in uh, with um, he had a um, you know one of those stripy aprons on, uh, and this is before the cameras were rolling. And uh, Wayne stood there in this stripy apron, and Hartley looked at him and said, "No, no, Johnny, they wanted you to look butcher." <laughs> <laughs> that Very got a good. bit of a laugh. That's, that's one that sticks. Now, of course, in my mind. and of course, the other thing was that what, what, talking about Wayne. He was one. It must be one of the first black presenters, wasn't Probably he? Probably was. Yeah, yeah. Probably was. In terms of children's yeah. television, I yeah. would have thought, you know. Yeah. So he was, he was wonderful, and he was very, very laid back. Yes, he was. Nothing ever disturbed Wayne. Yeah. Whereas uh, Jonathan, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was a vicious buffer boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like that. Hartley, come over here, mate. That's it, yeah. No. Bang your head against the table. <laughs> <laughs> what they all had, what, what you had, Jonathan, I I'm sure so. you still have yeah. today, there's a gentleness. Yes. That it's natural, you, you're, you know, you're the parent or big brother figure, yeah. And you felt safe when you know. Yeah, I felt that with Jonathan and with Wayne. Did yeah, you? Safe uh, hands. What, what does it take, Jonathan? Do you think to, to be a children's TV presenter, particularly at that time? Because I mean, there was Alan Rothwell doing Hickory House. I, I, and I was too young to have any idea. I'm afraid. Into uh, yeah, it, really, I just yeah. just went. How did you get the job? Um, I wasn't doing very well with my agent at the time, <laughs> so he recommended me to uh, ATV, and Michael Jeans came along and watched me in. I was playing Simple Simon in the Watford Palace ah, Panto. Okay. Um, I was going to say typecast, but that would have been so cruel. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember going along to the interview, and he was really worried because I'd drunk too much tea before I got there. And I remember I kept saying, do you mind if I just go to the loo for a second? And he was then, he actually told me afterwards, he said, I thought you had some kind of dreadful bladder problem. (laughs) We weren't going to be able to employ you. I went, no, no, I just, ridiculously, I'd come up on the train. I drank far too much tea on the train. Um, uh, But um, it was difficult for me, really, in the sense that uh, um, I had no yardstick. No. I had no idea how you presented. 
um, he obviously thought he saw something in me at the at the pantomime because I was dealing with children in, in the yeah. sense that we were improvising with them a bit, you know, as mm. you do in panto. Mm. And uh, but there wasn't uh, anything to base that on, was there? Because no, wasn't as, really as much well, had gone uh, yeah, indeed, there were. You, well, could, yeah, you could, things, yeah, all you could look at was 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 Wayne, who was 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 as you, as you said, very soft and laid back. So, mm. but it it you know my immediate reaction was to make it as real as possible. But if there were comedy moments, to try and you know make them work as well. So uh, now there were there, li- there were little elements to the program that. Some of them disappeared after a while. Well, I remember there was one where it said, "It's time." Oh, we always had that. Yes. Was that in the, all that of them? Yeah, the whole yeah, way? yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Okay. Well, that... it, was, it was important because you can never just stop a child when they're in the middle of having fun. You have to warn them mm. that you know we're going to have to pick up our toys and go to bed soon. Mm. You have five minutes to scream. Also, <laughs> it was our buffer, so that yes. however whatever happened after that, if we were overrunning, we could just say to say goodbye, mm. and that was it. And <laughs> yes. if we were underrunning. We just took a bit longer over that last bit. So. It seems to take long, a long time for this time thing to come because there was always various speeds of them. Yes, weren't there? There, was. There, was. there were various. No, no, it was just the same time. every time, was it? Yeah, it was just me saying uh, time, time, time. Can't you did all these voices. Did you ever end up merging them into one occasionally? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. And I'd, sometimes I did them. You know, I, I, very often if there were two of them playing, if Hartley was playing a scene with Tortoise. I pre-record one of them, mm. um, but sometimes there wouldn't be time to do that, and I'd have to have to do them off the bat. And fortunately, they were different enough, so that I could do that, and then you know, I could go and do that very <laughs> easily. <laughs> and was it? Is it? You know, obviously, you were there with your hand yeah. in Hartley, or partly, yeah. I yeah. kind of think. Yeah. <laughs> and is is it? I mean, and you say you pre-recorded some of them. Is it? Is it really quite important for you as a puppeteer to? To actually be doing that side of things, you know, is, it, is that part of the whole? Well, I think experience? it works uh, better if it's the whole performance. Yes, mm. I've always thought that if you do the whole thing, it works much better. Because also with Hartley, it's Hartley's reactions. Yes, Hartley can. I mean, the way Nigel plays him, Hartley can give you a look that will stop you in your places, and that's pure acting through a puppet. Yeah, it's it's a, a big acting role in many ways, and it's very broad. It's very broad. You know, I'm not sure I could go back and do any too straight acting now because <laughs> everything will be so big and broad but uh, uh, well, you have to anyway. make up for the fact that there's the, the, nothing moving on the on the puppet really, you yeah know? you so. do you have to yeah you have to create all the facial expressions and so forth and very often you'll do it with the whole body and it's, it's a kind of angle point. as where you can get the body yeah, yeah. yeah. I was always surprised by the fact that you could say something and sort of arch the head in a yeah. way that made me think oh, <laughs> wow he's, anno- he's annoyed with me and yet it's the same, there's nothing happening because it's, it's a a very vocal thing that he was doing as well. The thing, I, the thing I liked about Hartley was, as a child watching it, it, it felt as though Hartley always said the things that we were thinking, really, if you know what I mean. Yes. It was a bit like Basil Brush, in a, in a yeah. sense. You know, mm. he, he would say the things you were thinking, but you don't say, really. Yeah, he's a um, man, yes. Yeah, yeah and, and that, was, that was what was nice about him. And actually, just the fact that he was, you know, unlike some characters on some programmes, he, he was incredibly funny. You know, you just... You know, that's that's my memory of him, really. I think it was of course, the younger ones were the ones who were actually upset by the puppet yes. because they couldn't quite grasp what was happening. I had a period of my life just before I did Pipkins, in fact, where I dressed up in, in very large costumes. I was fat puffing for uh, your uh, puffing life, books. Your private no, life is your own business. It's not pet. that costume, Gail. <laughs> okay. It's not that one. That's just, you know, that's, that's in the cupboard at home. Um, and uh, it was amazing how three- and four-year-olds would think you were some kind of 
pterodactyl. Yes. And after uh, after about an age of five and six, they would hug you enormously and almost mm. go along. They knew that you were a, a, a bloke in a suit. Yeah. And I wondered how many people just, uh, you know, they would accept that Hartley was a, was a puppet when mm. somebody was acting, well, acting with uh, the puppet. I met a, a lot of children with the puppet. Uh, There's famously m- myself and uh, pictures of myself and uh, Lionel Blair's children who came into the studio one day with him. And, uh, and they're just talking to me and I'm talking to them. I'm not a ventriloquist, so I wasn't pretending that. No. But they talk to the puppet. Absolutely, yeah. They talk to the puppet completely believe They suspend the their disbelief mm. completely, yeah, don't absolutely. they? It's fantastic. Well, and I've had, you well know, I did that just now. When well, you brought yeah, him, yeah. I talked to him. Yes, I wasn't yeah. talking well, to you. It was slightly <laughs> eerie when you did that. <laughs> <laughs> slightly worrying. I mean, Jenny I did, Murray was yeah. the same when I did Woman's really? Hour. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, she said No, I was going to say, I did a, we did a comedy sketch for a documentary thing. And Hartley was the most real actor I've ever been with. Because you literally do, you sort of, you know, blank Nigel out, nothing personal. Uh, but yeah. you, you just are, you know, having an argument with Hartley. Mm. But I have to say, going back to what you were talking about, the comedy side yeah. of it, a lot of that, of course, is down to the scripts and the way that, the way that it was written. And, you know, Gail and Susan Pleat and... Um, Dennis Bond, Dennis Bond yeah. and many others who wrote for the show. Over well, the let's period. talk a little bit more about that, the writing, because mm. then people forget the writers, actually, in lots of things, yes. don't they? Yeah. You know, how you did so many, and you had to come up with lots of different scenarios, and you had to... As, I mean, it, it's, it, what, there wasn't the box ticking that there is today in terms of education things on TV and radio, but there was a sense that you were... Um, having to create something for children to take something away from and how did you come up with those scenarios and things? well it was a great we had a great system it was a great writing team there was three writers at any given time it was there weren't that many writers ever it was Susan Pleat who was the co-creator with Michael Jeans uh, it was me and then it was first Billy Heyman who, oh yeah yeah of course yeah and then when Billy left... He's a sweet man. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dennis Bond, who's also a sweet man, yeah, he is uh, well. was, uh, took over. And, uh, you know, sort of the three of us would have a couple of all-day meetings at ATV and Elstree. Uh, and we would just bring our ideas in, because we'd have to do something like 36 at once. We would mm. split it 12 each or whatever. And uh, we would brainstorm, and we were everyone was very generous. Which is, you discuss each other's ideas, and when you were, you know, deciding who's doing what. If let's say, I liked one of Susan's ideas, she'd say, "Well, you take that one," or you know, Billy wanted one of mine. Help yourself, and we'd add, and then we'd go away and write our individual scripts. But we would balance it, and we also had to balance the characters because we only had so many actors on certain days. Yes. So we had to make sure to have, you know. So so many pigs, so many top off, but it was a lot of fun. I mean, we had we laughed as much, you know, in the, the writers. It room. sounds though it was a lot of fun. It, it, it looked to me when I was a kid that you were having a great deal of fun. Now I look back on the programs, think yeah, they were, they were great fun. But were, were there any were there any downsides to this? You know, was there any were there any moments where things went wrong? Did was there any clashes between personalities no. or anything like that? No? I, I really, I, it's not sort of rose tinted glasses but I don't remember any major ones do you like George? I can remember being a diva part of my <laughs> I just, Harley as Harley well, no it's oh, me you. I'm afraid I, you know, I look back on it with shame now but about halfway through the whole thing which was ten, 10 years I probably got a bit bit uh, bored you know mm. and uh, and I uh, Hartley started was, to become even more sarcastic. Uh, well, <laughs> it was probably me in the rehearsal room. An really. edge, edge to his character. <laughs> yes. But, uh, but, you know, that's part of growing up. You know, I was in the, my mid-twenties, so, you know, mm. I was just... I was going to say, you were all very young, weren't yeah. you? It was, it was yeah. a prenatal experience for me. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you you were in your well, you were in your mid twenties. No, it's twenty two. You're twenty two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wear it well. Yeah. Now the other thing about Hartley was, and you know, I'm, I'm sure we don't want to make too much of this because people often go into the detail of these kinds. He was quite a camp old thing as well, wasn't he? He was quite a camp. Character. Well, you say that, but in actual fact, the way I saw that was he was being posh. So oh, the times okay. when he was hello, hello, and all that kind of stuff, yes, was was when he was being no, with his, his phone voice. So that that it's a bit like an old old English actress called Irene Handel. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> who used to yeah. used to put on a, a, a played Cockneys yes. and always put on a slate posh accent. Yes, that's right. Hello, yes. how are you? That's I suppose it. compared to the other characters, he was very yes. posh, and he was a diva because he was very very sensitive. Yes, <laughs> you know his feelings could get hurt quicker than anyone's yes, on Pipkins. I think so. Yeah. So people do remember it, that, and they yes. say to me, "Oh, he was very camp," but I. I don't. I never saw it as that, and I certainly didn't play it as that. But I do think, yes, it could come across that way. Was he always going to be the main character, or did that just sort of evolve? I think, think? Uh, if I remember the the original brief, uh, yes, he was yeah. kind of supposed to be the the main uh, figure. Well, yeah. and Mr. Pipkin, of course, yes. who was the original featured artist. Now, now let's talk about the, just a little bit, a tiny bit about the politics of this for a second. Obviously, he was it ran for quite a long time, up to the early eighties. Um, at that point, there was the the advertisement for all the ITV franchises that went up again. ATV lost and Central took over and whatever. And poor old Pipkins went by oh, the wayside, didn't it? Thank you for bringing up one of the most traumatic experiences <laughs> of our lives. Don't worry, girl. Yes. Don't worry. We'll go back to therapy after this. I'll okay? protect you. We need to, yes. Well, it happened mainly because um, uh, when Central took over, they they were going to buy some of uh, any programs they could buy from ATV that they had to keep going. Yes. Crossroads was one of them. And Pipkin, sadly, were, obviously wasn't valuable enough when they knew they could go to Michael Jeans and say, create something else to mm. put on in its slot, and it wouldn't cost them anything. Um, so really, kind of, that is why we, we disappeared from the screens You didn't go point. unnoticed as a child. No. It was traumatic. Well, it was very Pipkin. strange, because... Thank you. <laughs> it was a major shock. I mean, we were in our 20s, and we didn't think for a moment a powerful studio like ATV and Lord Grade could lose a franchise. No. no. Never don't... I mean... Did you ever expect it? No, 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 no. It was totally out of the blue. You know, yeah. he obviously didn't expect what it. What did Lou Grade think of Pipkins? Did he ever come to visit you? He came in oh, twice yeah. a year. He put his head round the door and said, how are you, Michael? And, he, and Michael would say, fine. He said, right, good, keep up the good work. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, I mean, I did a lot for ATV when I started. And Lord Grade knew every single yeah. thing that was going on. And But the great thing about him was once he said, go make the show... He left you to it. That he was yeah. my trusted point, everyone. Really. I, I wasn't. There wasn't a criticism of him. Yeah. He was great because he actually did Just do let exactly people get that. on with it. Yeah. 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 He said, "How are you?" And that's it. Good. Yeah. It's still going. Well. Let's face it. With the Muppets, he was the he was the man who rescued oh, the Muppets because yes. it wasn't going to happen. He was probably it? did the same to Jim Henson. Yeah. yeah. How are you, Jim? Good. Keep up the good work. <laughs> but he was at his desk every morning. Yes. Seven in the morning, and he signed every single check. Fantastic for the studio. Now let's we have to draw draw it to close now. Um, I'm sure people who have been listening have enjoyed this sort of um, trip back to the 1970s. Tell us as as three individual um, professionals in your own fields in writing and acting and puppetry and all the rest of it. When you think about Pipkins, what has it delivered to you and your your career? What did, what does it mean to you when you look back? The first thing I think is friendship. Because we all are still very good friends, and that's worth more than anything, except our residuals. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I think. I think. Yeah, we it doesn't did get repeated, a, does it? Uh, no. But we have our DVDs. DVDs. DVDs around. 
But when you look back at it, when you look back at your your days as Hartley Hare, yeah. what, 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 what do you take from that moment? Well, I think it taught me an awful lot, you see. As I said to you, halfway through I became this diva and then I realised, you know, I grew up. My career has been, thankfully, uh, with long periods of working with the same people, which I really enjoy. And that's one of the things that I got out of it, working with the same team developing that relationship developing those characters it taught me quite a lot about what i've done ever yeah. since you know what about you john it, it, um i find N- nigel completely inspirational from a, a voices point of view i find it absolutely bizarre that he created all these fantastic characters and i was just playing slightly london accent tom and then i've ended up having a career where i do masses of different accents mm. but i was in i was actually inspired though by the fact that he he did it with such ease and I thought, oh, God, there must be something There must be something in this. I must have a go at that. Mm-hmm. And from then on, I subsequently attempted to get work mm. in that kind of environment, which I hadn't been doing before. And, and, and to an extent, it was actually the, it's like the death knell for a period of my acting because everybody just said, my agent said, I can't get you any work. You're associated with the children's TV programme. <laughs> <laughs> so what I did was then I then made, perversely, made lots of commercials because uh, mm. I managed to actually... The, I, was, I was in... The, there was one I did in the, in the 80s, which was the, the AA ad when the boy buried his car in the Oh, sand, yeah. Yeah. which was on for four years, and I did. I got masses of success going along getting ads, and that similarly destroyed my acting career. <laughs> but at the same time, I was I was thinking I can actually do. I, I made show reels to do with, with voices, and they, I remember thinking it was an area that I know I thought you would always get involved in, Nigel. Never had the time. Yeah, you were you were working so much yeah, doing, the, doing the puppeteering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think if Pipkins? Well, first of all, would would you ever contemplate doing Pipkins again? All of you? Well, I'd I'd love to do it again, and and we did approach uh, ITV about doing this, but the rights issues are so uh, okay. complex that we uh, we decided we. Couldn't. And would you would you think would you think today's audience of children would still enjoy Pipkins, you know, or was it of a, of a, of a particular time? Uh, no, I think it. It, could st- it, it. I when we released the DVDs, um, I got mm. lots of emails from people saying they're showing their children, and they just want more. Well, they and, watch them end to yeah. end. They watch them, and I watched a little my my friend's two year old sitting down to watch her very first Pipkins. She roared with laughter and just said, "Naughty rabbit." Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got one question from somebody who said they grew up watching Hartley Hare, enjoyed 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 it, uh, would love to see him back on TV again and all the rest of it. Uh, but said, what happened to that doggy little thing? What's he been doing since the early 80s? Well, so Nigel, do, Nigel's we know here. What, do we know what Hartley's actually been up to? Where did he go? What did he do? Well, it's time to come out of my bag again here now. Oh, oh, <laughs> I'm catch myself on the zip. Um, anyway. Um, you like that though, don't you? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jonathan. Uh, anyway, um, what I've been doing since the 80s, well, um, I've spent a lot of time in the cupboard, um, and I've appeared occasionally on those uh, shows that they say are the 40 or 50 best children's programmes, where they get a lot of non-entities to talk about yes. uh, children's yes. programming. Yeah, who've always um, done is watch the videos, yes, and they just explain right. what's coming up, or what's just been on. That's right. You think, God, what on earth what's is going the on? point? Yeah. And uh, they weren't there. I was in the, I was in the, in the midst of yeah. it all. Anyway... Uh, I've been doing a lot of that. Uh, but actually, at the moment, I'm residing with uh, the producer, Michael Jeans. I'm residing with his family. So I'm hoping one day they'll probably pop me in a museum somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. Thank you very much indeed uh, for joining us today and to talk about Pipkins. I mean, for me, it, it was my favourite programme as a kid. You know, everyone talks about Rainbow, but Pipkins was was, uh, was definitely my favourite programme. It's brilliant to, to, to hear from you all. And uh, I, I, I think it'd be fantastic if it could. 
came back. It'd be absolutely brilliant. That's a pleasure. But, uh, <laughs> it's been very nice to be here. <laughs> I'm not sure you could afford me now. And, 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 and I'm going to have to do a selfie with, with you, Hartley, in a moment. Do you know what a selfie is? Uh, no, but I'm sure you can do it. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it but it, it's time, isn't it? It's time. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> to say goodbye. Can you taught us again, please, just for me. Oh, all right then. Oh. All right, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get off me shell. <laughs> goodbye. Distinct Nostalgia is produced by MIM. And don't forget, next time, Ashley will be catching up with two former Corrie stars who hosted another lunchtime kids' favourite. They were sort of posh characters. Well, one of their bits sort of... was extremely yes. posh. Yes. But Dusty and I was a little cockney... Uh, oh, he was, uh, yeah. I thought Dusty Mark was a real person. He was a sort of substitute dog creature in my life. I used to go home and think, I wish I got Dusty Mop at home I could talk to him. Yes, Amanda Barry and Alan Rothwell recalled their time working with Dusty Mop and Humphrey Cushion on Granada TV's Hickory House. But for now, this is Peter Tomlinson hoping you enjoyed listening to this distinct nostalgia podcast. Do let us know what you think or if you'd like to suggest a subject for a programme. You can reach us via Twitter at distinct underscore by M-I-M or go to madeinmanchester.tv. Bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>